Well, it's good to be with you today. Uh, tell me if you've ever been in this uh, situation before. A few weeks back, I, uh, I, I woke up on a Sunday morning. I get up pretty early on Sunday mornings uh, while it's still dark and my wife is still asleep. And so I try to kind of uh, get dressed in the dark, which doesn't always work out really well. Uh, I got to uh, the office and I uh, bent down to tie my shoelace and I noticed that one of my socks was black and the other was blue. Right. And luckily, I'm pretty tall, but my my legs are fairly short and my pants are long enough that uh, no one could tell that morning. But that wasn't the first time something like that had happened. And when my wife's not involved with dressing me, you never know what's going to happen. That's right. That's right. Uh, in the darkness, when you're trying to dress and match colors, it's, it's very difficult. But when you uh, get into the light of day, you might notice that that uh, blue undershirt you thought you grabbed is actually brown. Or again, your black uh, sock is blue. Uh, that's the nature of, of the darkness. Uh, it conceals. It, it covers up. And, and that's kind of the idea that we're going to be talking about today uh, when, and from our uh, This Not That series, looking at Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, and today we're going to focus in on 8 through uh, 14, verses 8 through 14. But let's go ahead and pick up in verse 1 and just read the whole passage once again. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Uh, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Uh, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath uh, comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible." This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Again, today we're going to be looking at uh, verses 8 through 14. Uh, which tell us to be of the light, not of the dark. Uh, we won't read that whole passage again, but basically says, For you were once darkness, you were once in the dark, but now you are light in the Lord. You are now in God's light. Live as children of light and have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. So today we're looking into this, not that, is the this is be in the light, the that is not in the dark. Uh, from the very beginning of creation, 
there has been significance to this contrast between light and dark. Uh, In Genesis, God created light in the midst of darkness to reveal his handiwork. In Genesis 1, 3 through 5, it says this. It says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning uh, the first day. It's interesting when we look at this passage, this passage here in Genesis, it's interesting to note that the light that God created does not come from the sun. It doesn't come from the stars or reflected from the moon, but it originates in God himself. He is the source of light and revelation. Now, this idea of God being the source of light himself is also found in uh, Revelation 21-23, it kind of bookends from the beginning and the end, the idea of God as our source of light. In Revelation 21, 23, it says, The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. I love that illustration, that picture of God being our light. He doesn't need the sun. He doesn't need the stars. He is. His glory is light. He is light. And the light that he has uh, created, that he has revealed to us, shows us as mankind who he is. Through the light of God's glory, he is revealed to us through his creation, his power, and his authority. He's shown to us his nature, his personality, and his love. And since the time of creation, uh, Satan and his minions uh, have been at, not the cute little yellow ones, the actual... You know, so followers of Satan have been at work to cover up uh, the light, to to clothe us in darkness. They've been attempting to keep the truth uh, dark, the truth of God's uh, love, the truth of His redemptive purpose for mankind. In Second Corinthians chapter four, verses four through six, it says this: "says the God of this age, that is Satan, the God of this age, has blinded the minds of unbelievers." So that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servant for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Is it any wonder, then, that atheists and pagans and general God-haters view us as Christians as stupid and blind, deceived, and dependent upon a crutch of religion to survive? Yet the Bible has been consistent for thousands of years that those under the influence of the God of this age cannot fathom the significance of the gospel message. Those who have been deceived by Satan himself cannot understand the mysteries of Jesus Christ. And it's not until we come into the light, until we open our minds and our our hearts to God's glory, that we see in the person of Jesus, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, the truth of God's love. You know, this struggle between light and and dark is nothing new. It's as old as the the earth itself. And it's a concept that that carries over into the secular world, those apart from the church even. You know, we see this idea of light versus dark reflected in in ancient civilizations. 
in ancient religions outside of Judaism and, and Christianity, in worldly philosophies. For example, maybe you've, uh, you've heard of yin and yang. I have a picture of it actually up here. Uh, that uh, kind of a, a Asian oriental uh, philosophy of life, of the balance of life, the, the competing philosophies of light and dark. Uh, we find this idea within our artwork, our poetry. Maybe you've heard the famous line, uh, do not go gentle into the good night, but rage, rage against the dying of the light by Dylan Thomas. That, that understanding that there's something about darkness that's, that's unknown, but there's something familiar and comforting about the light. We find this concept of light and dark in, in our movies. You, maybe you're familiar with that uh, mildly popular series called Star Wars, right? And the force, there's the light side and the, the dark side. This concept of light and uh, dark has worked its way into our very thinking, our language, through our idioms. You know what an idiom is? Have you heard that phrase before, that word? An idiom is a phrase that's uh, figurative or sometimes literal uh, that has significant meaning that if you're from another country or whatnot, may make no sense to you. But we as English speakers, we understand it. For example, if I were to say something is um, um, a piece of cake, Piece of cake. What does that mean? It's easy, right? Uh, if uh, if someone, my wife is the apple of my eye, right? She's not literally an apple in my eye, right? She's someone I'm fond for. Uh, hey, hold your horses, right? No, you literally probably don't have horses in front of you that you're holding, but we understand what those things mean, right? Well, another one of those common idioms is uh, those two are as different as. Night and day, right? Maybe you're speaking of someone, uh, brothers, who, who's, you know, because of their family connection, their blood connection should be similar, but instead are complete opposites. And so we'll use a phrase like that, as different as night and day. You see, we understand that there's an extreme difference between night and day, uh, dark and light. And this same contrast is found throughout Scripture to illustrate the difference between our lives in Christ and our lives before or outside of Christ. First Thessalonians 5, 5 through 8. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as breastplate and hope and the hope of salvation as a helmet. It's not just talking about those who drink versus those who drink, but this idea of those of us who are children of the light, we conduct ourselves in a sober uh, manner, right? And we, we are prepared for whatever may face us as opposed to someone who's asleep or in the darkness, drunk, uh, unaware of their surroundings. Here in First Thessalonians, there's a stark difference between those who are of the dark or of the night and those who belong to the light of day. Or how about 1 John chapter 1, which takes it a step further and says that if we, that we cannot be in both worlds at the same time. We cannot be in both day and night, light and dark at the same time. 1 John 1, starting in verse 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And there's a difference between those who call themselves of the light and those who live within the darkness. And God is light. In him there is no darkness. There is not even darkness around him, near him. And no darkness has fellowship with him. And if we claim to be Christians, to be of the light, yet our ways are dark, we lie. We lie to ourselves and we lie to God and we lie to each other. You know what? There's good news. The good news is that God is in the business of rescuing us from darkness. Colossians chapter 1, 12 through 14, tell us that this. It says, And giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He's picked us up out of that darkness and placed us into the light. Or how about this one in in 1 Peter chapter 2? But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know, I was reminded of this uh, yesterday, actually, when I was outside uh, working in our, in our yard. And my wife was outside with me, and, and she asked if uh, we could bring one of our dogs, our little uh, black lab named Molly. She's almost two years old. Uh, my wife wanted, to, her to bring, wanted to bring her out into the front yard with us, and so uh, she loves people. And so if we don't tie her up in the front yard, she's going to visit all the neighbors, right? And so uh, she tied her up, and... Uh, every time we turned around, she was over at a particular molehill digging in the dirt. And so we would say, Molly, stop. And we'd move her away from that hole and we'd get back to our yard work. And literally 30 seconds later, guess where Molly would be? Back in that hole, digging again, making the matter worse, digging more holes in my yard. Uh, it was frustrating. But we kept moving her. We kept moving her. We kept moving her until eventually uh, she learned and she gave up. It's kind of a picture of God's relationship with us. As we say we live in the light, and yet what do we do? We find ourselves in the darkness. We find that we've wandered off the path, out of the light, back into that common practice of darkness. But God is patient, and God is loving, and he's in the business of rescuing us from the darkness. Sometimes it takes us a while to learn, doesn't it? So what do we do? What do we do today to expose the darkness within our lives. I've got three things for us this morning. They're pretty simple. The first one is this. Be devoted to the flashlight that is God's Word. God's Word shines light into the darkest areas of our life like a flashlight. In Psalms 119, 105, I'm sure as soon as I start to say it, you'll be able to say it with me. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And that's part of the purpose of God's word is to illuminate the darkness within our lives, to show us the way to go. So be devoted to God's word as we devote ourselves to his word and filling up our lives with it. It will drive out darkness from within. So first thing to do is be devoted to his word. Second one is found in verse eight of the passage we read earlier in Ephesians chapter five. Live. As a child of the light. It's pretty simple. Uh, 
commit to living that way. It says, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So be committed to the practice, practice of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Okay, I've mentioned this before, but why do we practice something? To get good at it, right? Okay, so we need to be committed to the practice of these things, to goodness, to righteousness, and truth. Because there are going to be times when we're not good, when we're not righteous, and we don't speak the truth. But that can't be the common thing that we're known for, right? So we'll be committed to the practice, to the successes and the failures. But we get back up, we dust ourselves off, and we try again. That's what it means to live as a child of the light. It's also the... uh, the concept that we've mentioned before, but I'll do it again just for the sake of conversation uh, as we understand our position as pure within Christ. Well, we believe that as we come to know Jesus, that he picks us up out of the darkness and he places us firmly into the light. It's a concept called justification, right? That's it's found uh, in Scripture, this idea that we now positionally in Christ are pure and holy. However, what changed about us? When we came to know Christ, did our friends change? Did our habits change? Did our, did our struggles change? Not overnight, most likely. But within Christ, or within God's viewpoint, He sees you through the pureness and the holiness of Jesus Christ. Okay, so positionally, we are pure. We are in the light. But then there's another little concept in Scripture called sanctification. And this is the process that we go through by which we become more and more holy or more and more Christ-like. So as we live as children of the light and we practice goodness and righteousness and truth, that is the process of sanctification in our life. So we need to be devoted to the flashlight that is God's word. We need to live as children of the light being committed to practicing goodness righteousness and truth and lastly we must become lovers of the light we must love the light because you know what when we were in darkness we loved the darkness and we need to have that same care and emotion and passion for what's right that we did for what was wrong john chapter 3 verses 19 through 21 right after that famous john 3:16 passage right uh, it says this john 3:19 this is the verdict Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. People loved darkness. We loved where we were in the dark. Verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Become lovers of of the light. We were once in love with the dark, now it's time to turn that love towards the light. Hate what is evil, hate what is dark. How many of us here today can say that we hate cancer? Right? I hate cancer. I hate what it does to the people I love. How about this? Do you hate heart disease? Do you hate alcoholism? Do you hate Alzheimer's? Why? Why do we hate these things? Because they hurt and take away the people we care about, the people we love. They destroy the health and the life that the people we love have. That's what darkness is. That's the same as sin. 
it destroys life. It takes our loved ones away from us for much more, uh, a much longer time than just our time here on earth. It curses them to a fate worse than any disease could ever offer. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Or may I say, take a little liberty here today. Hate what is evil and love what is good. Romans 12:9. Let's become lovers of the light. Living together in that light. Let's become devoted to God's word together. Because if we do these things, we know based on Ephesians chapter 5, that we will rise from the dead and Christ will shine in us. Let's pray. Father, we are are so grateful that you are the great rescuer, the great deliverer, that you have picked us up out of darkness and you have placed us firmly in the light of your love through the life and the light of your Son. And God, we stand here today, we we worship together today because uh, some bit of light has fallen upon our path. Whether we've embraced it and follow it or we're just getting a glimpse of it for the first time, that's why we're here today, Father. And I just pray that as we as we leave here from our time of encouragement and worship and study of your word, that we will be committed to living in that light. And that it won't be burdensome, Father, but it will be something that we embrace and love to the very core of our being. And so, Father, that's our prayer this morning. That's our request of you. Now, we humbly ask uh, that we are better this week at our practice of goodness, of righteousness, of truth. Father, may we be better this week at our practice of living in your light. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning, as uh, our worship team comes down, I've got a couple challenges for you. How many of you guys have memorized? No, I'm not going to ask. Never mind. Uh, hopefully you have memorized 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's say it all together here as soon as it shows up behind me. There it is. All right. I'll be happy when these screens get off to the side so I can actually see what's behind me. It's probably, I don't know what Doug puts up there. No one's been laughing, so that's a good sign, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It's the same idea of being putting off that, that darkness and stepping into the light of Christ's love. Putting off the old, putting on the new. Memorize that. Another one, another challenge for you to take home this week. What area of your life is still under darkness? In other words, what are those little corners, nooks, and crannies in your heart that you've kept hidden? That you're kind of guarding and hoping that no light fall upon? Take some time and pray this week and ask God to bring dark areas to light. And maybe more than that, ask Him for a willingness. A willingness within you to deal with those dark areas. Because we all have them. We all hold on to the little things in our lives. But that's not what God wants for us. And that could be holding you back. And during this time of response, it might be that dark area of your life that you need to turn from today and to devote to Him in prayer or to ask help for. Again, that's why we're here today is to to carry one another's burdens, to, to be there for each other, to be a family. Don't be too proud to ask for help. 
And it could be that today you need to make a response to Jesus for the first time and to step out of darkness into light. Uh, it could be that, that there's relationships that are still in dark times. And those relationships are only going to be healed through the light of Jesus' love. Well, today's uh, our chance. And now is an opportunity to respond as the Spirit leads you. And let's do that as we sing this song.